0: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you for the 101th episode. Is that, <laughs> one? Is that right? Let's have another I celebration. I know. <laughs> is that right? Is it one? Learn first. That's how you say it. Oh, see, it's a good thing I have you, Ray, because <laughs> I might have still been saying myself on the introduction earlier, too. So, grammar is Ray's strong suit. <laughs> 101. 101, y'all. What are you most looking forward to for the next 101?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, duh, duh. Um, that's a hard question to answer actually um i'm thinking here what about this this particular topic that we're going to start mm-hmm. today with the next things and what i like about that is it's kind of getting us back to basics you know kind of yeah. back where we were from so thinking about going forward mm-hmm. and what that looks like um who knows um i'm hoping that we do a lot more things like um some interviews with other folks and bring them on the show and and those kinds of things so that's what I like what I like. to kind of see coming
2: yeah i um, am agreed um and looking forward but in gonna enjoy this series Uh, i think i'm most looking for participant engagement because i really want to know what you guys think yeah um about what's come up in the past or what's coming up for you right now. And that's probably the hardest thing about recording Mm -hmm. um, is we're, we're ahead of our listeners, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And are we meeting their particular needs? Are they finding um, the examples that we're talking about and the content that we're talking about? Does it does it help them in some way? I'd I'd love to know that, too. That's a good point. I just
2: had a friend who had the opportunity to be looking for another job. Mm. And luckily, with his skill set, it didn't take long for him to find another Another one. And they had called me and said they were on their way. They were driving home from their vacation and they were listening to our podcast Hmm. and he was getting tips and ideas that he was helping him get even more excited. Oh, fun.
1: I love that. I love those stories. I know. I love those stories. Yeah. I'm going to yes to both of what what you said. I think um, number one, I'll be honest, like when we were sitting there thinking about this whole concept down in the bunker, I didn't realize we'd get to 100, let alone be talking about what the next 100 is going to look like. And so... Absolutely, considering uh, how can we ensure that we're bringing more people on, some other expertise outside of kind of our arena, but at the same time, making sure our listeners recognize this is for you, right? And so if there are uh, topic ideas, if there are comments, if there are things you hear and you are you might totally disagree with on, on our show, man, let us know, because we love to engage in that kind of dialogue. We love feedback in general, and so um, I'm really looking forward to that, and I do hope that that increases as well as, as we move forward. Maybe some more, you know, on-scene live podcasts, like oh, what I we like did last idea. week. Yeah. yeah, it um, um, yeah. fun?
2: It was fun. Oh I my gosh, yeah. the
1: energy uh, of being live in uh, a location. S- a state yeah. fair. The state <laughs> <Yeah>. fair. <laughs> a
0: state fair where there's so yeah. much buzz and stuff yeah. going on around you. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. And p- pressure on because that was actually the state legislator and judges day. And so, like, they're all walking through Mizzou exactly. Central. And, and it was it was great. It That's was fine. great. It was fun. So let's talk about this next series because you are right. We've had a lot of series. I think I'm up to six or seven series so far for mm-hmm. this year. This this will be um, our new launch. And we're talking about it back to basics. So what we all do here around this table, training. And so this one called the training prep talk. Not pep talk, but the training prep (laughs) talk. All right. And it's going to be a four part series. So today, what I really want to do, um, talking about getting back to basics and, you know, it's been probably 100 episodes since our listeners got to learn a little bit. They learn about us every week, but I mean, knowing about our history and why we chose where we're at and, and how we're all a little different around this round roundtable, um, let's talk about that with our training background in mind. And so my first question to us around this table is like, how did you decide that training was for you? You
2: know, there were pieces of other jobs that I had had that kind of led me to this conclusion, you know, one being gosh, way long time ago when I was asked to be a Sunday school teacher for the junior high Mm. class at our church. And, you know, not so much that they like Ray's got the skill, but nobody else would do it. (laughs) You know, I'll do anything kind of thing, girl. So that kind of got me into the idea of teaching, I think, you know, coming up with plans and you know, watching these young people um, absorb new information and how it applies to them. So kind of that was like a, a teaching perspective. And then I remember um, at a job that was similar or around the same time we were installing. This will date me but we were installing ATMs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there were actually banks who <laughs> back in the 80s had, had not had them before. And I, I will say this was our banks in um, uh, southern Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, and so outside in southern Missouri and Oklahoma. And I was asked in my, my role to put together a program, a training program to train those new banks on how to manage their ATM, balance their ATM and, and things like that. So kind of the the teaching aspect of it came probably from teaching Sunday school. And then the trainer perspective came from being asked to do that in a role I had at the bank.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, um, you know, I was on the eight year plan for my undergrad. So I eventually ended up getting a degree in English. Um but before that, I uh, so the English degrees kind of helped me out a little bit, you know, in terms of writing and understanding language and that kind of thing. But
1: you write the best workshop <clears throat> descriptions. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. gonna yeah. say, he is, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but beyond that, before that, I also did a stint with as a theater major, and I bet you anything that probably some of the best um, training I ever had was uh, during those couple years. Um, you know, because whether you like it or not, you do have a stage as a presenter or as a trainer. And, um, you know, it's kind of how are you using that stage and, mm-hmm. and how are you engaging the audience uh, to do that? So, you know, I've always kind of been doing that kind of thing and liking the little spotlight once in a while <laughs> um, uh, throughout my career. But then it, it's kind of started for me at the bank um, when I first met Ray and um, had the opportunity to kind of put together their training department. They never had one before. And so it was fun. I was doing my master's program at the time in curriculum and instruction. And so uh, that, of course, really kind of led me to my career. Um, but the bank was a, my playground for for that. Right. I was I learned all the theory at school, but I used the bank as a way to actually implement the theory. And so I had a great time doing that. And then, you know, once you get good at something, people want you to be a part of the next thing. So then we did the supervisory training at the bank and blah, 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 blah. And then finally, a position at MTI uh, came open and um, uh, an an old boss of mine um, who got her degree in the same um, degree that I got mine in, she kind of told me about that. And so she kind of stole me away. And that's how I started at MTI. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like, I mean, it was never that poignant moment as a child that's like, I want to be... A teacher or a trainer or a presenter? Oh, heavens no. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. you
2: to be a fashion designer. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: You know, we put so much pressure on kids at 18 to choose your career for the yeah. rest of your life, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that just was not going to happen for me. You know, I i went in the restaurant business, the banking business. I was, you know, working on farms every now and then just to supplement my income. I mean, all kinds of things. So,
1: yeah. I worked at a um, funeral
0: home. Did you?
1: That's really hard to believe. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Did you
0: put makeup on? Makeup on
2: them? (laughs) No. No. You had to be, well
1: no (laughs) but i do know all
2: the inner working
1: Yeah. yeah interesting very interesting well and the reason i asked that about that poignant moment i think i think it's interesting the way life comes full circle sometimes and i've often reflected on this so obviously we mentioned before my background's in broadcast journalism so i knew i loved to tell stories um and i've never been one that likes hard news stories but when i was a little girl Uh, I actually walked into the kitchen one day and told my mom that I'm going to be a WWE wrestler. (laughs) That was my dream. And uh, I will tell you all, you might know, uh, a month ago, I guess, I celebrated uh, a birthday. At that birthday, and I won't tell you how many years young, I finally got my first WWE wrestling belt from my parents (laughs) for my birthday present. Um, But (laughs) at that time, I remember my mom asking me, she said, well, she goes, well, what's your name going to be, Brianna? And I like, ah, the teacher. Ah. And so I was going to be the teacher. That's vicious. I know, right? And so I had this whole idea worked up in my head. And, you know, of course, as time goes along, I I love telling stories. And so that morphed into journalism, as I mentioned. But now looking back, I remember the moment and I've shared it on other episodes where uh, I had decided to apply for the position at MTI. And I remember being very hesitant um, because I thought, what can I bring to the table here? And I thought, well, communication skills are a big piece of training or presenting. But it was that moment where we're driving down the road and I knew that my current role was not what I needed it to be anymore. And so indeed stopped right on. The position at Missouri Training Institute. And I said, you know, I always have kind of enjoyed that concept of teaching. It was a perfect alignment. It was just interesting to think back in that, you know, five years old coming in and telling my mom I wanted to be a teacher. And now, in a roundabout way, here I am sitting. There you are. As a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. And that's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. The teacher. <laughs> the teacher. Yeah. That's what happened to me at I WWE. That, that. The teacher. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, you know, Dewey, you mentioned earlier as you were explaining yours, you distinguish that idea between presenter and trainer. Uh, And I was wondering for our audience, just as kind of a taste into next week, because we will be talking about this more next week. uh, Tell me a little bit about your mindset or the the shift when you think about presenter or trainer. What are the differences?
0: For for me, we get asked to do all kinds of things when customers contact us. And sometimes they want us to come in and motivate somebody um, or motivate a group. Or sometimes they want us to present information in a certain way to a group. I mean, we've been hired to actually sometimes deliver the bad news once in a while even as well. Um, but to me, that's where we're kind of just presenting some information um, or entertaining and motivating people uh, in a certain way. But when I think about training, um, there's usually a very specific outcome that mm-hmm. this company is really specifically wanting to see. And usually when we train, we train on a process of some sort, right? Helping people to um, get the skills and instruct them in a way that they can achieve this particular goal, mm-hmm. Um, and so, to me, it's um, a lot more application. So, in the training world, we're going to get them doing things. Um, it's not going to just be somebody talking to them, um, but actually providing them opportunities to practice skills uh, to actually achieve those specific outcomes that the organization's wanting. Would how would you characterize it? Yeah, I, would,
2: I definitely you know the training has that you know knowledge, skills, and abilities type of outcome, and you can be a presenter and a good presenter and not necessarily be training. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is that difference. And I think if if you're natural, you probably would take on the trainer role pretty easily. But you can really learn to be a better presenter. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people, I would say, in their professional lives need that skill. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you're doing a five minute get up and, you know, tell the board what your department is doing. Like Mm -hmm. you need those platform skills. skills. Mm -hmm. Um, So presenter and trainer, um, you know, training has that element of teaching Mm -hmm. and imparting knowledge. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you bring up a good point, Ray. I mean, um, again, we... As you grow in your leadership roles, you will be presenting more and more and more and more um, in front of many different groups and many different audiences. And so that is a skill that um, if you are looking to advance, uh, this is a a, a really particular skill that I think um, you get proficient at and it can kind of set you apart. Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, and I'm going to tell you, and I've said this before, I had never seen a training like what I saw when I first started here and started shadowing you all in, in how you, you how you do what you do. It is it is a, a great combination of everything. But I'm going to imagine that those skills took some time to develop as well. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> as good, <laughs> so talk a little bit about you know, I, we always talk about how like our, our last mistake is our biggest lesson, you know, moving forward. And so uh, what were some mistakes that you might have made starting out?
0: For me, it was, I, I I guess the biggest problem that I experienced starting out was really not understanding the audiences that I was talking to, Mm. because I was talking to so many of them and I never really took the time. I thought everybody was kind of at this one place, kind of the same kind of uh, perception of, you know, the, the content and that kind of thing. And, um, that was a big mistake. (laughs) There's many times when I flopped, I wasn't able to connect with them, um, you know, they kind of just rolled their eyes and kind of, you know, just sat and listened, but no engagement whatsoever. So um, for me, it was really about trying to understand those differences that I had with the audiences I encountered.
2: Yeah. We probably don't have time in a 30-minute podcast for me to talk about all of the (laughs) mistakes I made. but um, maybe some of it will come out in in the rest of our talk. I think the biggest one, in addition to the one Dewey just mentioned, because I think all of us kind of experienced that is, um, trying to memorize, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because then you get really tied to your slides or to, you know, your notebook or however you, um, present. Uh, and I think that was the biggest thing. And the only way to combat that is just becoming more comfortable with your content. Mm -hmm. And of course then, you know, that's, by waiting in and getting in there. So not necessarily that it was a mistake, but I think that's a a huge trainer boo-boo is to think I have to memorize or a presenter, mm. but that I have to memorize my mm-hmm. thing
0: yeah when you memorize it it seems to me that um it's kind of a fake approach you know as an audience member i'm not it was like oh really they're just memorizing the speech anybody can do that but connect with me right, right. you know and so uh, be human and let's uh let's connect with one another yeah
1: I think I still struggle with mine, to be honest, is what I think about biggest mistake. Um, But we talked before about perfectionism and and that's been something I've always struggled with. And for me, that piece of perfectionism means I'm also like leaving that room, ensuring that everyone got exactly everything they needed and um, I'm responsible for it. That's quite an expectation, <laughs> yeah. and and that is overwhelming. Uh, it was certainly overwhelming at first, and paralyzing in some ways. And I think for me, recognizing again, especially in our role, I mean, we're working obviously with other adults, and in most cases, and I'm sure most trainers are. But thinking through that, you know, understanding that you can bring your your A game and and deliver as best as you can and ensure that that the outcomes were, were met that you promised at the beginning. And the rest of it is the responsibility of the people in the room. It's not all on you, not all on you. And I think that's still something I I struggle with periodically.
0: They have a role to play. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. So best advice. Let's talk about that now. All right. So I, I'm sure we'll have more uh, conversations around some of the other stuff coming out. But best advice you've ever received. I'm going to go back to Dewey's
2: first point, And I think probably because you you were the one who gave me this. And it's know your audience. Mm hmm. I, I, I can't stress enough how important that is. If you know you're going in and everybody's at level one or you're going in and everybody's at level five, mm-hmm. you know, or I remember one time, you know, getting that call by a client building an entire program based on that client's perception. And it was about generations and how to work with the younger generation. What I failed to ask was who's in my audience. Guess who the audience was? <laughs> the younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. And so for 6 hours I had to skate pretty quick to Taylor. Mhm how I was delivering what I was delivering, because I failed to ask who was going to be in my audience, assuming it was going to be older generation who wanted to understand how to work Mm. with the younger generation. And it was 99% younger generation. Wow. Yeah. It was a horrible day.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: And I was very angry at myself, but I was also a little miffed. That that wasn't communicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I bet you started asking questions after that, Heck right? Yeah, Every I time something. Somebody... old <laughs> So who will be in the audience? That's you right. know, kind of what are their what are their Absolutely. experiences like? I don't want similar experiences that they lived through. You know, how old are they going to be? You know, um, I want to know what level of the organization they set on. Is it going to be a I want to know what mix? their
2: motivation uh, is. Exactly. You walk into a room where everybody has to be there, yep. because they've been instructed because their leader thinks they have a problem Mm -hmm. and you're going to get a whole you're going to get met with a whole different attitude.
0: It is a completely different audience, whether or not you have to be there or want to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mine, I guess, probably some of the best advice I ever had was, to be human, you know, I think Ray mentioned it earlier about, you know, tr- feeling like you have to be perfect or you mentioned it, mm. you know, Brianna, feeling you have to be perfect. So you, I just have
2: to be right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's about, you know, you don't want to have any ums in your speech or, you know, maybe you feel a little nervous in your hand shaking and those kinds of things. But you know what? The best advice I ever received was somebody saying, Dewey, you're human and we do not talk in just casual conversations, in complete grammatically correct sentences. So give yourself a break, give yourself a little grace. When people see you as human, then um, they're going to be able to probably connect with you a little bit more. Now, if you got a big problem that like, ums every other word, mm-hmm. well, that's maybe a, something you need to kind of think about uh, improving on. But um, if you, it's just a part of normal everyday speech. So, uh, you know, use it as a, as a means to say that you're human and connect with a, another human being in the audience.
1: When I think specifically under this umbrella of training, yes to everything you all said and you, because you've told me that. Right. And and so I've learned from you. But something else that I heard very early on from you, Ray, actually was there's nothing that can't be fixed. Yeah. There's nothing okay, that can't well, be fixed. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought she was gonna say no. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think because going back to that concept of, of the perfectionism, you know, and I was so worried about making any mistake and it's black or white, so I either failed or I won, you know, that day. And the reality is is no, like like it's just a mistake we can move on. There's nothing that, you know, is so dire and so wrong that we can't fix this. I think of a faux pas with my first rental car that I ever got, you know, and, and I thought the end of the world was happening that day. And just 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 really reflecting on that, that everything can be fixed. We just have to get out of that emotional hijacking for the moment and and figure out how to move forward. So just thinking through it. I mean, what's your favorite parts? Because as I sit here and I reflect, I've only been here almost five years now, but I mean, y'all have been doing this for a long time, 15, 20 years. What are your favorite parts about training or presenting to others?
0: Well, for me, it's always been the light bulb that you see that goes off on people's heads once in a while, right? So if um, I've helped them in some way, change a perception or help them uh, learn a new way to to accomplish or uh, a goal that they have set for themselves or something like that. Um, And you can. I mean, it's just it's almost just as if you see this little light bulb go off on their head. Um, And I love those little aha moments. Right. Um, That's what that's what gets me a kick.
2: Yeah, that's what I wrote down, seeing people get it. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, and this probably comes from my years of of teaching. You know, I saw one hundred and thirty students a day. Mm -hmm all day, every day, 130 students. And it might be years. And one of those students will come back and be like, you changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like you helped me Hmm. recognize I was good at something I didn't know I was good at. And of course, the whole time you're just in the mud, You know, wait, go just doing your job and and waiting through and hoping one light bulb happens before they walk out the door. And it could be years. Mm -hmm. And I always have appreciated that from the teaching perspective. But now when you walk in, sometimes we only see these people one time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as adults, um, you know, they do learn a little differently and they do have, you know, they do come to certain points of learning much quicker, let's say, than a 16-year-old or a Mm 15-year-old did back then. But
0: but they can also be um, skeptics, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, more skeptical maybe than mm-hmm. a younger um, learner as well. So
1: I love them too. Oh, it's yeah. a challenge then, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah,
0: I yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love it. I
1: love it. And I think that that, so to that point, that was going to be one of my, so it's similar in, in the scope that I really enjoy just the concept of pouring into, you don't know what people are walking into that room with that day. Right. I mean, they may be so jaded after 20 years of that career that they, again, were voluntold to be there and and it's just just. Trucking through, you know, maybe they got stuff going on outside of, of work. We all do. Um, but they're sitting there with you for that six hours or four hours, hopefully, no more than four hours nowadays. Yeah. But you have a tiny moment in this big scope of life to really just impact, to motivate, to inspire, to um, pour in. I'm going to use the language, to pour into the life of somebody else. And, you know, hopefully they leave that room feeling better than they did when they walked in. Um, that's probably my favorite, but to Dewey's point, especially with those skeptics. <laughs> I love the challenging crowds. I do now. I, I do. I'm hard on myself about them. Like I, I'm always uh, overthinking things and, and preparing well beyond what I need to for it. So I put a lot of pressure on myself in advance. But um, when it happens and you see it happen, you're like,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> Got it. (laughs) So I like that that moment as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of start transitioning here, because where we're heading um, with this series, so we're telling you a little bit about us now, because this has been a journey for for each of us around this table. It's going to be a journey for you if you're stepping into this role again, again, going up into leadership positions, you're going to have to learn how to present. And so this whole series is about presentation skills. Some will be platform skills, presentation design. I mean, we'll have episodes each week on that. But I want us to really understand this episode think about, too, how did we determine what we were good at? Because I think when I look at the three of us at this table, we all bring a little bit of something different to a crowd. What is it that that made you realize, like, these were strengths or skills I have, and I'm going to capitalize on them in this way? Mm -hmm. Because nobody, I think, comes in, in my opinion, nobody comes in and is perfect at all of these skills. Right. Like you're there's just going to be some things that you're more inclined to be good at. So Dewey, when I think about you, it's about talking about those really big concepts and making them like tangible practical like consumable for someone like me to understand hmm. so there are big um theory things and you're able to bring it down to scope whether it's through a drawing or whether it's through just verbalizing it to somebody like you have a a, a very keen sense on making something that seems so grandiose into something that's simple to consume hmm. and that that's very helpful for me well
0: good because i've never thought about that at <laughs> all so i appreciate there that
1: there is not a model that doing <laughs> exactly i a- Exactly. <laughs> I know. And explain it. Yes. 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 (laughs) Absolutely.
2: I would 100% agree. Mm. Um, Because I think that that is your approach. You you do come from a more theoretical Mm -hmm. perspective. And of course, we're all research based. Um, And so you bring the theory, which then begs the fact that it has to come down to the individual level.
0: Yeah.
1: And so as a a great trainer, that is something you are very good at. Mm, I appreciate that. Thanks. Very good at. Right. I'm going to just, I'll just throw it over to you then too on that. I'm going to say you bring incredible questions and a sense of confidence that um, I have probably never seen before in another woman. That is. (laughs) Uh, And, and I think when I saw that and I just saw that regardless on, days you talk about having like your worst day and that was a bad you know session or whatever I'm like what like I never would have come across because you're so confident in your delivery and how you approach something and it, I, I just I love that so well, thank
0: you I think one of the things that I love about Ray's presentation and training style is she challenges people. Yes. Um,
1: It comes with that confidence, right? It does.
0: It does. And um, but it challenges them to think differently. It challenges them to come up with new solutions and and um, new ways to solve old problems that people keep experiencing over and over and over again. Yeah. Sometimes. And and I love it because sometimes you you just see that light bulb go off when I'm standing back and watching Ray happen, you know, just one light bulb after the next, after the next, after the next, because she's, right? yeah. she's challenging you. Yeah. She's challenging, keeping you going. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Makes me
2: feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do, by the way.
1: <laughs> From your all's perspectives, though, I mean, what are you? I'm hearing you say that you, may, Dewey, in your case, you said you didn't really see that or recognize that in your own self. But what, I mean, what skills did you all think that you brought that really made you say, like, this is it? This is what I want to do for my career because I know I'm good at this.
0: Well, for me, it was just about, I think, more about engaging with people. Um, there's another question we haven't, I don't think we're going to get to. We <clears throat> don't have time necessarily about it. But, you know, what are the kind of most important skills? I think for an effective trainer, to me, one of the top skills is about listening. <clears throat> you know, you think trainers and presenters are just going to pr- impart information. Um, but I think one of the most important skills that they really need to demonstrate while they're <laughs> doing that is the ability to listen to their audience. <clears throat> and so I I. I For me, I guess I feel like I'm pretty good at engaging with people in that moment, which is a lot different than just meeting you in the street or publicly because I'm a very much an introvert there. But I get on my stage and then I'm a much more of an extrovert to try to help draw people into Mm -hmm. that conversation. So that's to me what I think of now, whether or not I'm good at it, I don't know.
2: Uh, I I would say you are. I think you're a great listener. And I think that's all part of then being responsive in a training and Mm -hmm. and somewhat the degree of being the difference between a trainer and a presenter, you know, or like a keynote speaker Mm -hmm. versus a a trainer is that listening and that flexing and Mm -hmm. that adapting to what it is that you're hearing. and, And I would say probably mine being an extrovert is a little bit more noticeable in that I have a lot of energy. Mm. I have a lot of energy and, you know, I, I know it wears people out, but I also think I, I just, you just couldn't do it any other way.
0: Right. You hit the nail on the head yeah. because I think that an audience feels feeds off the energy of the presenter. And mm-hmm. you, are right. you have energy in spades. <laughs> um, what a great win-win, not only for the audience, but also for you, I bet, to kind of release some of that energy right. out yeah. there into the world. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I I would definitely say energy was kind of, I know I have it. I, it's just part of my DNA. And so I, I love like, giving that out, mm. you know, giving that
1: out. Yeah. To that same, that same thread, um, encouragement, I think was the one mm-hmm. thing that made me realize. And I learned that when I, my previous role, I did a couple different trainings and the crowd, the audience I was training to, it, it, it was a more difficult audience. Uh, but that encouragement piece where you're walking away and they're talking to you at the end of the session and they're like, thank you. So, you know, and you're having those conversations. It's like, okay, I did. I, I, I can do this and I can pour into somebody else and have them leave feeling better than they did when they walked in. So I think that's something I had been told most of my life, but definitely brought to the table in this in this realm as well. But well, my friends, we have like ran over time at this point, but <laughs> I talk about this forever. I, we really could. We really could. But as we think through next week. All right. I do want to I want our listeners to understand where we're heading here. This was more about just kind of our journey and our stories a little bit. I want you to understand that that as you enter into this space, whether it's it's, it's improving your presentation skills, moving up the leadership ladder, uh, whatever that looks like for you. We all started somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and and we often get comments I've seen them on evaluation. Man, you guys are rock stars. Your team is so great. Like we've all started somewhere. And so understanding where are you right now in your scope? Maybe reflecting on some of these questions. What skills do you, are you bringing? What is it that you're interested in? What skills are needed for this? And being able to move forward. And we're going to talk part two about some of those skills when we consider the presentation itself. So thinking through like your purpose and thinking through, again, what is it that you know you're bringing to it that you can um, use during that? session so this whole series will be all about these presentation prep skills Um, I encourage you to tune back in next week do you all have final thoughts as we conclude this particular day
0: well maybe just some advice if people are wanting to kind of get into this um, arena I would say accept every invitation you can um, to Mm. um, present and even seek out even more opportunities to stand up in a group of people and actually impart some kind of wisdom or knowledge, or, you know, even just a joke, um, mm-hmm. push yourself, get you, that's how you gain confidence in standing in front of a group of people. So push yourself to do that.
2: That's exactly what I, and I filled this out, you know, thinking about it last night, but practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And really the only way, like I know, Oh, stand in front of the mirror. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. But you don't have the pressure mm-hmm. that you do when you have a live audience. Right. Um, so, yes volunteer for things in order to practice take feedback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. take feedback
1: mm-hmm. you might not like it or you may love it but take feedback mm-hmm. yeah going back to that best advice so we started out the the set topic talking about i mean you're not going to get that if you're not taking the feedback so it's it's it is important but thank you come back next week part two on this the training prep talk part two uh, and until then go be great
0: i e